Hello and welcome back to another fun episode of The Great Chip, The Space Show Show. Uh, if you're new here, uh, welcome. You're, we're at the end of season two, but welcome. Uh, I, Is it, we're really ending season two? We're oh, ending wow. season two today. We are, um, if you're new here, we're a space show show. <laughs> we talk about Star Trek, the original series. I'm your host, Lieutenant Rebecca Frost, here with Admiral Carrie Jackson. Um, and today we're going to talk about six episodes, but literally one of these episodes I'm going to skip right over because I hated every second of it. Now, see, I looked at the list <laughs> and I honestly am not sure which one you're going to skip over because there are a few stinkers here. There's a quite a few. There's a few stinkers here, you guys. Yeah. And they're all... I, they're all topical. I hate how they're all topical. 1968 and worse hit. We are doomed to repeat history. Shall we not learn from it? Good start. Good Star Trek and good <laughs> sci-fi is always mm -hmm. topical, no matter when it was made. You know, I heard somebody say, uh, you sit around watching old movies. I said, well, have you seen them? He goes, no. I said, well, then they're new to you, aren't they? <laughs> and, uh, I, I am very, a bunch of these episodes, because typically what I do is I read about them a little bit before or while mm -hmm. I'm watching. And with these, I just kind of let them wash over me. And I'm glad I did because this first episode, Patterns of Force, looking for a missing Federation cultural observer, Kirk and Spock find themselves on a planet whose culture has been completely patterned after Nazi Germany. Absolutely insane. <laughs> Again, it's. We have this back lot. We have all these Nazi uniforms. Could you guys write a story that uses all of this stuff so we don't have to build you another monster? <laughs> We've got all these Nazi costumes. Do you want to use them? Just uh, so there seems to be an issue within Starfleet where Starfleet officers are contaminating other planets with their own agendas. With their books, have you noticed? With their book i understand now why the conservatives want to ban all the books <laughs> because we're just contaminating all these planets and so this cultural observer has found his way to this planet with the the zeons and the yangs Z is that zeons, this, which is this... short for zions oh, in case you just weren't slapped in the face hard enough with that <laughs> um and the yangs are a different episode that i'm getting confused with yeah, coming up that's coming but up yeah another my... book that was left behind <laughs> but my god and this guy's whole idea was he was like hey listen the nazis had some good ideas <laughs> so tries to implement so was, this political system but just hopefully without the anti-semitism so and it doesn't the, work out so he was the tucker carlson of starfleet he was yeah he... Ah, oh God. Come on. how many times have you looked on twitter and seen that hitler had some good ideas yeah I, will smith himself <laughs> like hey hitler thought he was doing a, a good right <laughs> and my husband he says this about every episode, but he was right on the nose about this when he's like, oh, is it another white guy hungry for power? And like, I, here's, yeah. I don't know that he was hungry for power. I kind of hate to say it, saw where he was coming from. You know, he yeah. he said, hey, un with under the right circumstances, this could have worked. And yeah. he tried that. But then somebody else came in and was like, hey, what if? 
we killed all the Jews also. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's then, what he said. That's what the book says. Uh, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, this is an age old conservative argument. The Hitler had some good ideas except for this part thing. And I'm uh -huh. like, so you're telling me fascism is a good idea. Okay. Uh, Burning books, forcing your ideology, that whole thing. That's the good part. Oh, the trains ran on time. No, I think that you're just looking at the surface here. You need to look a little deeper. Again, Carrie, it, I cannot wait for you to see the Barbie movie. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I'm, I'm hearkening back to one of my favorite album titles of all time from the punk rock band, The Vandals. The Vandals. The album title was Hitler Bad, Vandals Good. It, <laughs> it's very basic, y'all. Captain America taught us this. Indiana Jones taught mm -hmm. us this. There's nothing redeeming about the Nazis. Even Germany says it. Anyway. <laughs> This, literally this, even germany is like please could we just not talk about this anymore well and this episode was not shown in germany and still hasn't been seen in germany well uh correction oh uh due to the post-war german ban on nazi-related imagery and paraphernalia this was the only star trek episode that was not shown on german tv until the mid-1990s oh, when these okay. restrictions were gradually relaxed to allow for artistic expression all right there we go then um I also, oh, I guess, okay, some things I did like about this episode. Um, Spock still has his disguise from City on the Edge of Forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he still has got his, his beanie and his sweater. And again, just like in City on the Edge of Forever, doesn't work so well. Does not work so well. Um, I love shirtless Kirk and shirtless Spock. And I love that their lashes from getting whipped are just markers. They've just been covered in Crayola markers. Kirk is red, Spock's is green. Yep. Um, <laughs> these are the original science bros. Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo could never because Kirk and Spock are in their jail cell, MacGyvering their way out with a piece of metal and their little communicators from their arms. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> they were smart. They did the they did the chip technology so that they wouldn't be seen. <laughs> yeah, and I wish I I wish I would. I mean, I get it's the late sixties, but I would love to have seen that extraction, right? Because we've seen it before in in shows where they have like a, tra a subdermal transplant and people have to like take it out. Mm -hmm. Show me that. I like that. That's gross. I want more of that. But we spent all our money on the marker for the for the whip marks. Sorry. They literally spent all their all money, money on Crayola spent. markers. Um, have we ever? Carrie, I don't know if you've been paying attention. Have we ever seen Spock shirtless before? You know, that's nothing I kept track of. Um, hmm. Let me think. I don't think we, I, you might be right. This might be the first time, yes. Well, he's a fuzzy bear. <clears throat> <laughs> he's pretty fuzzy. Um, oh, all right. This, I, I learned... I learned that not only is Leonard Mc or Leonard Nimoy Jewish, William Shatner is also Jewish. Mm -hmm. And Tony pointed out that Adam Sandler talked about this in the Hanukkah song. I don't me I'll listen to, to Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> I will have to take his word for it as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, cool. Um, but yeah, I couldn't I and French Canadian as well had no idea, mm -hmm. um, which is why this episode for a lot of people was really difficult to film. Um, Let's see. Let's uh, oh, Leonard so Nimoy. Did, did Nimoy have a problem with this? I imagine he would. Yeah, 
Yes, he refused to have any publicity pictures taken of him in the Nazi uniform as he was due to attend Hanukkah services later this later that month as filming took place in December and he did not want any controversies to arrive. Yeah, good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would just say anytime someone wants to take a picture of you while you're wearing a Nazi uniform, I don't care who you are. That's a bad idea. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, (laughs) I I personally just wouldn't even do it. Um, Nope. Yeah. Uh, and Sorry, over... Prince Harry. <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> kind of insane, kind of an insane choice. I didn't quite understand it. I liked it, didn't quite understand it, too, because in order to infiltrate the building where our Fuhrer is, mm-hmm. um, they they are working with the party secretary can't even remember her name but she's a blonde lady nazi Mm -hmm. and you know how they are but they're acting as a nazi documentary crew and just following her with lights and a camera and that's how they're able to infiltrate the building that's a bizarre who thought of that i I think it's fantastic but how unusual I think it might be because the Nazi party documented an awful lot of stuff behind the scenes. They were constantly Mm. rolling cameras. So maybe that's where they got the idea. Interesting. Um, They beam McCoy down to the planet as a Gestapo doctor and he struggles with Das Boot because he cannot get his boot to fit. I, I, I love that we... McCoy is the head of the SS and they go, oh, well, he's clearly drunk. And he, he just he just falls right into it. Oh, yes, I can be drunk. I know that. I know that sensation. <laughs> I th- That's what I love about McCoy. McCoy, one, ready for death at any time. Two, he leans into stuff so fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, there, there's a line um, where Spock says, uh, I understand why you Earthmen enjoy gambling. And Kirk says, why, Spock, we may make a human of you yet. And he says, I hope not. Like, mm-hmm. like hey, good. <laughs> good. It's an insult. I'd rather not. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I just can't believe we never learned from history. Like, how are we still here? This is insane. I know. It is 2023. <laughs> and we are watching this episode and it is still so topical. Star Trek is always trying to teach you stuff and nobody pays attention. And all of you conservatives who say you're Star Trek fans, are you? I don't think you're paying attention. Yeah, you're not getting it. Also, Spock at the end of this episode is listing off a, a, just a whole host of um, people, like evil people in the world. Hitler, I can't remember who else is on the list. Lucy Literally n- no mention of Khan Union Singh. Hmm? Should have been. Should have right. been. Well, again, the original series didn't worry too much about canon and all of that stuff. They just, they were, they were, they were, (laughs) they had five days to put together a show, you know, (laughs) literally. So when you people come at me online, when I say that the the chain of command is Spock, Kirk, Sulu, and Uhura, find me, yeah, find me where it says that, because I definitely couldn't find it. It wasn't until later that that stuff was decided it was canon, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, it is suddenly so bright in here. Um, but it has to be because my cats are in here now. And so they have they deserve the sun. Um, but the next episode I uh, don't want to talk about. This is this is actually the episode I want to skip. It's by any other name. Galactic alien scouts capture the Enterprise for a return voyage and a prelude to an invasion. Kirk's one advantage, they're not used to their adopted human form. This episode was the dumbest fucking episode I've ever seen. <laughs> this is the one you want to skip? 
and not the yes. Omega Glory coming up? No, because the Omega <laughs> Glory is uh, the, too topical that we have to talk about it. <laughs> okay, okay. This, uh, okay, well, this one by any other name. Um, uh, back when I was a kid and they had the Star Trek uh, in reruns, you know, you'd come home at like four or five in the afternoon and they were on, thank goodness. Right, <laughs> after, right after school, you'd watch uh, two episodes of Batman and a Star Trek and that's little Carrie uh, having fun. <laughs> they they would make uh, the local stations would have to make their own promos for the show and so what they would usually do is just take 25 seconds of footage and then at the end have the announcer and a and a you know a slide come up with the star trek logos star trek monday through friday at four on fox 13 or whatever the channel was you know mm -hmm. uh, and so it was for a good six months i want to say this it was the same promo every day and it was 30 seconds of this episode oh and it's the worst one you got this elon musk looking guy trying to again kidnap the people of the enterprise take over the enterprise do whatever and their mm -hmm. only advantage is that like they're not human so in order to like advance they have surpassed their human form who's you what's he but in order to beam onto the ship they have to be in human form or something and so again this is one of those instances where hey remember how being a human maybe isn't that great because mm -hmm. you are easily foibled by feelings and human anatomy and biology your big question why do aliens want to be human so bad it, clearly it's a bad idea i mean other than our food and our art you know why would you want <laughs> yeah like the human imagination is such a wonderful thing that's it. That's it. If it wasn't for the human imagination, we wouldn't have gotten a Star Trek. But you got to give it up to these aliens for their uh, their belts that they have. Uh, I apparently guess. <laughs> they have one function because they have one button on them. <laughs> Again, the, the prop department couldn't afford more than one button per belt. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, you press the button and what it does is it dehydrates humans. It removes the moisture from them and takes their base essence and breaks it down into a little not a cube a but cu a little a weird cube-like shape it looks like the epcot center at disney world it, it, it's a <laughs> little a little epcot center and uh so that i thought was interesting but now what i need to do now that we're talking about this i realize this is the plot of the batman 1966 movie where the villains took the entire uh, world guild of all the countries, you know, and and dehydrated them all, and and took the fluid out. But they saved the fluid. Unlike in, in this one, the fluid we don't know what happened to it, but the fluid was sucked into these test tubes. So you have the French ambassador, and you go, and the water, <laughs> the water fills up, and there's the Indian ambassador. And the water fills up. German ambassador, beep, and the water fills up. Batman at the end has to uh, rehydrate all of the world leaders, and he's the only one who can do it. Forget huh. that we have. Forget that we have scientists in all these countries and NASA. Clearly, the guy dressed as a bat is the guy who's qualified to do it. Anyway, well, they're not the world's greatest detective. So okay, so <laughs> he he hooks up all the powder. And, you know, because that's what's left over the powder. It's not a cubicle like this. And the, and the fluid. And he runs the fluid into the powder. But somehow, some of the water got mixed up. And so 
the German guy is speaking French. The Indian guy is speaking Swedish. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, so I wonder which one came first, who had the idea of dehydrating people. Anyway, long ways but, to go for But also, the, the idea of dehydrating people shows up in literally another episode in this group of episodes. I wish I could remember. Oh, is it Bread and Circus? I can't remember if it's Bread and Circuses or the Omega Glory. Um, or yeah. is it the Ultimate Computer? No, it I can't don't be think that it's one. any of those. But literally, but anyway. literally, and there's another episode in this string of episodes because I watched them all yesterday, where a body gets fully dehydrated, but instead of being a compacted little cube, it's just like a bunch of little meth rocks on the ground in oh, yes. <laughs> in okay. a in a Starfleet oh, uniform. That's the ultimate computer, I think. Okay, that's what that's right. okay. Anyway, but, so you want to you want to skip this episode then? Uh, I mean, I have literally two things to or three thing four things to say about okay. it. Say it, and then I've got our transition. Go ahead. Uh, Scotty, love this for Scotty. His his solution is, don't worry, I'll get them drunk. McCoy, don't worry, I will use medicine. And Kirk, don't worry, I will seduce them. Scotty? <laughs> and they're all using their powers. I, all three of them. They're all they're using their powers for good. <laughs> but the, now, the best part about Scotty getting this guy drunk is that Scotty is, you know, you, you don't drink him under the table. It just doesn't happen. Mm -mm. But this guy, because he's alien, you know. And brand new he, to being human. He's hanging in there pretty damn good. And uh, it gets to the point where even Scotty doesn't realize what he's serving the guy. He goes, now, what is this? He goes, uh, it's green. Here, enjoy. Uh, Perfect. That line comes back where Scotty goes, it's green. That line comes back in Next Generation. Oh. At 10 forward. And Data is trying beverages. And they said, well, what is this? And he has the same bottle. It's a Sarian brandy oh. bottle. Same prop bottle. And he pours it and he goes, it is green. <laughs> And only us old Trekkies, we went, yay! <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the only piece of trivia I have for this episode, the Kelvin word for flower is Shashir. And actress Shashir Zameda of Saturday Night Live fame was named after it by her Trek-loving parents. <laughs> That's right! Oh, and she's so good. I like her so much. I saw her um, there when I was living in New York, my birthday weekend, best weekend of my life, uh, because I got to go see Mike Birbiglia in my neighborhood. There was a there was a place called the Bell House mm -hmm. and Mike Birbiglia was doing a show there oh. and it was a surprise as to who else he was going to have because he was also like workshopping stuff for his upcoming tour. So it was Mike Birbiglia, John Mulaney, Michael Che, and Shashir Zameda. And it was like one of the best stand up evenings I have ever <laughs> experienced on my birthday weekend in New York. Fantastic. That sounds great. Uh, oh, real quick before we leave, and this is, I'm not getting paid to do this, but if you go to the Star Trek website, StarTrek.com, and they have, a, they have a, a gift guide there and you can buy stuff. They have a series of classic Star Trek characters as cats okay quickly <laughs> write this down and there's one that i want it's and i i hope they still have it in poster form but it's scotty from this episode uh -huh. drunk but it's it's a scotty cat and he's holding a bottle and he's licking the bottle <laughs> and it says it says milk on it instead of scotch <laughs> But he's a clearly drunk kitty going. <laughs> it's green. It's oh, my green. God. What a specific dissection of my interests. Right. Um, literally, yeah. that's it. I want to talk about for that episode. Okay. Well, let's I'm move over on. It. Mr. Scott, I'll need all the speed you can deliver. Keep at it until we begin to shake apart. Kirk out. All right. There we go. Let's move on. 
The Omega Glory! Responding to a distress signal, Kirk finds Captain Tracy of the USS Exeter violating the Prime Directive and interfering with the war between the Yangs and the Comms to find this, the secret of their longevity. This is a not a good episode. This is not good. <laughs> I absolutely agree. It's a bad episode. But I ha we have to talk about it just because of <laughs> the contents. Because I we I was so bored during this episode up until the end where they start piecing things together and you're like, are you serious with this? <laughs> this this one is this one's definitely a by the premise by the bit. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it asks an awful lot of you. <laughs> so like you've got you've got this this one guy um you know, trying, again, contaminating this planet, trying to interfere with these people because they have unlocked the secret to longevity and immortality. So, mm -hmm. like, point one, I get it, man. I also, if I found the secret to immortality, absolutely count me in. Um, but that said, for, definitely forgot where I was going with that. Um <laughs> The, the thing about the thing about these people is it's not that they have unlocked like the secret to immortality it is they have just evolved in such a way that they're they are designed to live long 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 but the reason they are designed to live this long 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 is because of similar chemical weaponry that um okay you know our cold war the cold mm -hmm. war on earth mm -hmm. if the communists had won <laughs> we would be able to live for a long time According is what I is this. what I took away from this episode. Apparently, this planet's history had a cold war similar to the what to wow. the one we had on Earth, and you had, you had the Yangs, who were the Yankees. Clearly, the Yankees. Clearly, clearly, the white folks. Hi, Dios mío. And the comms. The communists. Communist Chinese. Now, this episode is banned in my home. <laughs> Is it really? Because I'm I'm married to a, a very proud oh. Asian woman. Yeah. And yep. and this is definitely an example of what is what was referred to as the yellow scare. Look it up, kids. It's on Google. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh it it's it's you know, as progressive as this show was for the time, mm -hmm. it still made mistakes. And it definitely made mistakes with the way that it portrayed the comms because they could speak English. They knew the words, but they still spoke in stilted mm -hmm. Asian stereotypes. It's nothing to be proud of, Star Trek people. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. It's an unusual episode, considering, too, because my husband was watching this with me, and he was like, wow, because I guess this was the era when they're like, America, F, yeah. And I'm like, but also, Star Trek was doing a lot of episodes in response to how bad the Vietnam War was. Mm -hmm. And so this this gung-ho america fuck yeah seems so out of place and like did the government pay for an episode <laughs> now this was a this was a, a this script was from i want to say season one it was a very early script it was had... it was it, yeah. it was one of the front runners to be the pilot really yeah uh, wow it's a, a terrible choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so that might have had something to do with it because once the show started then politically we started to turn more more progressive 
I don't know if this was so America F yeah, it was it was more more freedoms, less restrictions is better. And but maybe also, this is an example to feed you that, you know? I don't know. But also like watch it today, conservatives, because the entire the entire thing hinges on the constitution has been misinterpreted and you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. So stop trying to use this document exactly. to justify your outrageous behaviors. Well, and, and as Kirk says, these words have to mean something to everyone, not just the comms, not just the Yangs. If it doesn't mean something to everybody, then the words are useless. And the words mm -hmm. that they're talking about are personal freedoms, the pursuit of happiness, the, the, the ability to be who you want to be. And again, if you're conservative and you think you're a Star Trek fan, I don't think you're watching the Shane same show. Don't think you're getting it. <laughs> Kirk, he kidding. even he does say, he says something along the lines of like, you're saying the words, but the, you're saying them without meaning. And, you know, there was a mm -hmm. period of time, it was 2008, where I was very much like, yeah, government. Uh, who, who, the government can't wrong me. We're doing great, America. Mm -hmm. uh, but like watching it, like, and if I had watched this episode back then, I'd be like, mm -mm, like fist pumping, like F yeah, we did like America. But now mm -hmm. I'm watching it and it's just such an unfortunate parallel to how mm -hmm. we're tackling everything today. Like Mike Lee's stupid response to uh, an InfoWars tweet about how COVID precautions are coming back in September. Yeah. And he says it's unconstitutional. I'm like, you don't know the meaning of the word because mm -hmm. there's not every, and it's a living document too. Like they have designed it to be a living document and maybe mm -hmm. just maybe we should update it. And well, yes, absolutely. And we're not always right is the other thing. Uh, and, yeah. and I would point you geeks to your Captain America comics. There were several times in the early days of Captain America where he quit being Captain America because he wasn't proud of what America was doing. All right. Mm -hmm. Look no further than your Star Spangled you know, Boy Scout. We're not always right, but for the most part, we got a pretty good document there. It does We're need on to the be way. updated. Yeah. But you're misinterpreting it. You're using it in a wrong way. You're using good for your your powers of good for evil is is, mm -hmm. is the thrust of this story. Oh, anyway. There's a, again, there's a <laughs> you know, I love ska music, and there's a band, I believe it's the Scofflaws. This is a very old song called William Shatner. <laughs> and and, and you know, they, they sing about William Shatner and, and one of the lines in the song is, I really like the one where he reads the Constitution after ending all the fighting in the future <laughs> revolution. William Shatner. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so I funny. I thought this was the one that you'd want to skip. No, no absolutely funny. not. That's the funny. The person who loves talking about politics in me. Okay. I'm like, absolutely not. We are. <laughs> discussing welcome to, it welcome to church all right uh this was one of three scripts submitted to nbc um along with where no man has gone before and mud's women when they were seeking to do a second pilot for the series can you imagine opening <laughs> star trek with mud's women no <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, 
That's terrible. And Sorry. also, NBC announced that Star Trek would be renewed for a third season during the closing credits of the Omega Glory, broadcast on March March 1st, 1968. In the announcement, they also wrote, please do not send any more letters, responding to the vast amount of mail received during the protests organized by Gene Roddenberry and B. Joe Trimble. Yes. Incredible Happy stuff. Happy birthday, BJ. America F. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then... Again, another topical episode, The Ultimate Computer. Kirk and a subskeleton crew are ordered to test out an advanced artificially intelligent control system, the M5 Multitronic system, which could potentially render them all redundant. Mm. I love this episode. Now, this is an episode that we've seen before in that, you know, an artificial intelligence thinks it's better and Kirk has to outsmart it using, you know, emotions or logic. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. a familiar, it's a familiar classic uh, series trope, but what sets this one apart is we get, uh, I mean, the entire ship is, it's sanctioned by the Federation. This is not an enemy, you know, that's, that's taken over. This, this isn't yeah, nomad, you know, this is new tech within Starfleet, you know, mm -hmm. to, you know they're testing it out to determine whether or not it's feasible to use everywhere um and and it would as it would today ai would mm -hmm. replace people mm -hmm. so this one now more than ever this one the uh, uh something i really liked about this episode in particular is the character stuff uh spock gets to fangirl about computer stuff because mm -hmm. he has classification like he has Deg not degrees or whatever but he has expertise in computer sciences and he is so jazzed about having this scientist come on board and like asks him questions about the computers and stuff and you get to see spock like be excited about something oh, yeah he's, it was cute tell, you could tell he's got a daystrom uh, rookie card you know mm -hmm. <laughs> he's got a daystrom computer what do you have discord on yeah sorry about that I'll, that's I'll okay that's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, and and not so not only does Spock get to be super excited about something, but we get to see Kirk get his feelings hurt because the, the, he oh, oh. the AI the AI is determining that he is not he is not what is the word they use it during COVID non essential. He's non -essential. a non essential employee. Yeah, <laughs> Kirk is like, oh, okay. Personnel. <laughs> yeah and uh and then he's also insulted by his fellow captains you know that he hangs out in the mm -hmm. locker room with uh, <laughs> referring to him as captain dunsell he said uh, oh. and, and he just oh he just you could he just shuts down emotionally oh. pouts and walks off the bridge and and mccoy's like what, what, what are they made what are they talking about and uh, Spock explains to him that uh, dunsell is is a term that midshipmen in the academy use referring to a part that has no purpose <laughs> like honestly that hurt it did break my heart a little bit <laughs> but uh, but also when the computer is listing up because they're doing like a mock planet investigation or whatever yeah. and kirk says okay i want me mccoy spock and who's he, a couple of engineers to go on a landing crew but the computer says um spock and a couple of like spock scotty or some other people but does not include mccoy or kirk and when asked why they're like oh well they're not essential and i'm like listen it's not wrong kirk and mccoy don't really need to be there on mm -hmm. a fact-finding mission to a place mm -hmm. that they've just discovered like i can get why you'd want to go 
but I agree with the computer. You're not really needed down there. It makes sense for Spock to go. It makes sense for a, an environmental biologist or whoever to go. But um, yeah, I also I also really like stories that are uh, that are metaphors for the advancement of technology and not really mm -hmm. being able to keep up with that and yeah. how that affects you know people of all generations. Um, I think this is a really interesting glimpse into kirk technology is going to surpass you at some point how are you going to handle that and mm -hmm. this was opening the door to that and i i don't know i like i like stories like that and it's and it's something that will be addressed uh in the movies as you watch them uh with uh, kirk and you know him getting older and are we replaceable and, and that sort of thing that'll be coming up themes in, in the upcoming movies uh another uh, cool thing about this episode is it introduces a name that will echo throughout Star Trek, and that is Dr. Richard Daystrom of the Daystrom mm -hmm. Institute. Mentioned name, prominently. Yeah, that name will show up. The Daystrom Institute will show up all over the place, including your season three of Picard. That's also there, too. Oh. Uh, so uh, look for that. But uh, the actor who played uh, Richard Daystrom, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, very good actor. Uh, uh, William Marshall. William Marshall, who uh, is also a, a geek favorite uh, from the Blackula movies. He was black. Oh, <laughs> um, a piece of trivia I have about him in particular. Uh, in There's a 1999 essay called Welcome Aboard the Enterprise by science fiction author Robert J. Sawyer. And he wrote, um, the ship's computers, as seen in The Ultimate Computer, were designed by a Nobel Prize winning black cyberneticist played with equal dignity by William Marshall. During the era of Martin Luther King Jr. and the Watts riots, it was a powerful, important statement to have the white captain of the Enterprise referring to black people as Marshall observed 30 years later, the single most significant thing about his guest starring role was that he, an African-American, was referred to as Sir throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. And mm, it warms my heart. Like just <laughs> instances like that. I really love, love, love reading about stuff like that. And I I loved his character. I mean, I he was kind of a crazy guy, sure. Um, but I thought he played it so authentically and and oh, yeah. Well, and intelligently. It was, little, it was a little bit of a Frankenstein story, too, because mm -hmm. uh, he, he put his human engrams in the workings of the M5 computer, which made the M5 computer irrational. Faster, but irrational. Again, why do we want... Again, why are we, why are we so pro-human? They did this in Jurassic Park. You give the, di you give the dinosaurs human DNA and they take exactly. over. <laughs> um, this, this, uh, McCoy in this episode had some banger lines um don't think i want to be here spock because you know spock is he's they're bringing mccoy along for this artificial intelligence test and spock is like i'm excited and mccoy is like i am not do not <laughs> lump me in with the with the group of you um let's see what else does he say uh the right computer finally came along <laughs> when talking <laughs> about how excited spock is um and then later when the because the episode actually takes kind of a scary turn because it starts you know the enterprise starts attacking other ships and they can't stop it and 53 people died it like actually mm -hmm. has consequences and is actually quite scary um and mccoy says something like fantastic machine no off switch <laughs> <laughs> and i just love 
in the height of danger, McCoy coming yep. in with the quips. And also right before this, because Kirk is like, well, I guess I'm not needed. I'm going to go back to my quarters and F you guys. And so McCoy brings him a green drink and um, Kirk drinks his, but McCoy doesn't. And so Kirk returns to the bridge to do his job drunk is my understanding of what happened. Well, did did Kirk drink McCoy's as well? So that was two. No, shots? because no, because McCoy puts his down oh. as they leave, and they, it's I remember so specifically because there's a shot of the full drink on the counter. Well, he returns buzzed, not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but buzz starship captaining is just the same and dangerous, folks. I I was like honestly, I'm sure this makes him do his job even better. You know. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Ultimate Computer, that was an episode I really liked. Moving one, on yes. to Bread and Circuses. The Enterprise crew investigates the disappearance of a ship's crew on a planet that is the modern version of the Roman Empire. I have zero trivia for this episode because I couldn't because, find anything. Because it's not really that great. I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's a Hunger Games. It's a Hunger Games episode. Yeah. Is that really all it is? No. Again, uh, somebody leaves a book behind, and this is what happens. It's um, uh, it's not that a, it's not that a book gets left behind. It's what that was it? um, so some uh, something goes wrong with the ship, and the the crew of the ship beams aboard the beams onto the planet, and the ship has been drifting in space for like six. They determine like six years, so they they determine the path of where it, its last known spot, and then these people have been on this planet for six years. Oh, uh, the people from the from the abandoned people, uh, starship, yeah. Yes. Well, one guy, um, at, a bunch of them have survived, but a lot of them have not because they have this hunger games-esque ritual where they got a fight to the death on tv and it's a it's extremely on the nose you know yeah <laughs> um, I, I love the uh uh the the really corrupt guy uh the yeah really, uh he was he was a little heavy set and he just had that look about him and and he even mm -hmm. said his lines like this well captain <laughs> uh, perhaps you'd like to stay uh, <laughs> and just another starfleet officer gone rogue like yeah. starfleet what is happening here i can't i i say it all the time if starfleet ever betrays me i will be devastated and i'm seeing a lot of a lot of loose cannons slip through the cracks and i don't know how we're letting them get through well we're humans oh it's a great idea that we keep screwing up because we're humans. this is That's... i have a note of this is why you always have a vulcan with you because like you gotta have a Vulcan to, I understand now why the Federation was formed by humans and Vulcans, because it just makes sense. You gotta have Vulcans in there to be like, stop it. You're being mm -hmm. irrational. You're being human. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. Start um, the motion picture. Kirk says when he's, when he's heading back onto the ship and taking command, I'd still like a Vulcan in that seat. Because mm -hmm. Mr. Spock was not available. Yeah. Yes. Even absolutely. Man gets it. The man gets it. Um, yeah, literally what there's what is there to say about bread and circuses literally nothing because uh, yeah. and again andrew was watching this with me and he was like let me guess they have to fight to the death <laughs> and, <laughs> and you also oh this is another heavy-handed one because it draws parallels to jesus christ right 
because of like Caesar and um, there were like parallels to Jesus. Literally, uh, I cannot be bothered. Truthfully, okay, <laughs> I don't recall any <laughs> Jesus parallels in here. But... Oh, I read something about how there's like Jesus parallels. It truly doesn't matter. Um, yeah. McCoy's really mean to Spock in this one. Um, he, you know, there's there's one instance where McCoy's like, "Hey, you saved my life." thanks and spock is like i believe the term i should say is you're welcome or something like that and mccoy acts so irrationally because he's trying to have i don't think mccoy's ever had a sincere thank you in his life and so (laughs) (laughs) and so he's he's sitting there trying to tell spock like thank you and spock because of who spock is is like okay whatever and mccoy's like i'm trying to tell you thank you why don't you just accept my thank you (sighs) <sighs> and then he even says to Spock, um, you've never known pain or something along those lines. And me, someone watching Strange New Worlds, is like, how dare you? Spock has known pain. You, This man has known pain. How dare you insinuate anything mm-hmm. otherwise? The first and then, of course, father, first words his father said to him after he was born, after looking at Spock, said, so human. Ugh. Right away. Right away. Brutal. Hey, day one. And then, of course, Kirk is given a woman to bang. Well, again, we all have our strengths. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we all have our superpowers. McCoy drugging people. You know, Kirk does this. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, when I say it's Hunger Games-esque, it's like Suzanne Collins must have literally ripped the Hunger Games from this episode because (laughs) they are fighting to the death on camera and like the whole thing is such an allegory for like actual tv right like everyone's dressed in suits and if you don't do it well we're the ratings are gonna dip and then we'll have to punish you further it's almost like a political party we know (sighs) oh the ratings will dip we've got to do something outrageous we got to kill people on tv yep Um, losing interest we got to do something outrageous god damn it uh well okay the last episode of season two. We're just going to okay. move right on to it. Assignment Earth. While back in time observing Earth in 1968, the Enterprise crew encounters the mysterious Gary Seven, who has his own agenda on the planet. And the entire time I watched this episode, I kept saying out loud, what am I looking at here? what am i watching here because this is insane i see your response to this episode is exactly what america's response to this episode (laughs) because there was a plan behind this episode that Mm -hmm. didn't work because of this episode yeah yeah kirk says at some point in the movie i'm sure or in the episode i'm sure they'll have many interesting adventures together refers to the upcoming series that was planned for this show Mm -hmm. gary seven and roberta lincoln would have been up against aliens called the omegans who had mastered time travel and they would work to make sure mankind achieved the glorious destiny that gary Mm -hmm. seven's alien masters intended it should to this end gary seven's office computer would have had the ability to turn back time and cancel out any damage that had been done by the Omegans in their attempt to alter Earth's history. So this episode served as a backdoor pilot. Yes. And 
this is just American Doctor Who. That's all it is. Sure, absolutely. That's what the it doctor is. I mean, and his lady friend. That's I mean, right, all this was. Right down to his tool that he used to do things. It was his the sonic pen, screwdriver. His, his pen. sonic pen. What's crazy is he even had he had like psychic paper. But I had to look it up because I was like, psychic paper is definitely a Doctor Who thing, but not introduced until David Tennant's run, which is oh decades later. So Doctor so, Who ripped off Doctor Who insane <laughs> but yeah i barely paid attention to this episode because it wasn't star trek like my star trek friends showed up for five minutes but other than that i'm on my phone i'm doing other stuff i, I like that there was a cat yeah i enjoyed it because there was a cat it was star trek adjacent which is good enough for me and, <laughs> and terry gar Oh yes, Terry Gar. Young Terry Gar is there, and she's who's Terry fan. Gar? Oh, is that the the lady? Uh, roll, roll, roll in the hay. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, 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 Terry okay. Gar, hilarious and beautiful. She's in. Uh, oh, watch Tootsie. She's terrific in the movie Tootsie. <laughs> uh, but uh, so that we had all that going. Now I kind of liked the idea of this TV series. I I wanted more. We didn't get it on a TV show. We've gotten it in several comic books and a couple of novels, uh, Gary Seven Adventures. Um, more recently, he he reappeared in uh, IDW's uh, Star Trek season. It was called Year Five was the name of the series. And it was basically, you know, the fifth year of the five-year mission that they mm. put out there. And it, was, and it was the Enterprise coming back to Earth. And there was a whole three or four issues that were Gary Seven centric, and and he's much more powerful than we have been led to believe. Uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. I'll just let you <laughs> investigate still there. further on my own. Isis was still there. Roberta not there in the comics, so that was interesting too. Yeah, it just straight up American Doctor Who, and I love Doctor Who. Don't get me wrong, but I am here to watch Star Trek. <laughs> where are where are my Star Trek friends? Uh, yeah, this one uh, it 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 kind of failed because it was trying to do the spinoff thing, and and mm -hmm. and people were already iffy on this show anyway. You're asking an <laughs> awful lot. We had to beg, beg to have them renew it. Yeah, we're, we're you're asking an awful lot of the viewers of this show at the time, and, and <laughs> this just kind of you know was a bit much i think it did not help the star trek cause as much as i enjoyed it it didn't help yeah it i liked robert lansing i thought he was a cool character oh that's um, war man i love that suit. yeah he looked great um loved it that there was a cat um <laughs> also really liked um because this is kind of the one of the first times they actually go back to earth 1968 you know when the show is being filmed <laughs> so a nice glimpse into like oh i actually do forget like what did 1968 look like and the outfits phenomenal this furniture incredible um terrible time to be alive during the cold war just constantly on the edge of your seat there mm -hmm. um but i um, literally have no idea how i would rate this episode if i would ever recommend it to anybody <laughs> like it's just a weird one-shot issue of my star trek show and mm -hmm. cool it's, cool it's, it's not one that i recommend to people it's one of those that yeah. you know you know if, if you're if you're interested in star trek and would like to know more i would bring this one to the table 
after a while. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I'm like, if you're interested in something that is Star Trek adjacent, watch this or just watch Doctor Who. Just watch Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> well, like I said, with with these other Gary Seven adventures, he becomes more Star Trek centric. He becomes mm. more part of the whole storytelling thing. And he's, it turns out he's always been there, you know. Oh my God, of course. So. Uh, he's a, well, he's a time traveler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's season two, though. We did. We did. We watched all of season two. And, you know and what this means that means we're going to start the journey into season three with Spock's brain, I think, is the episode. That's the first one. Season three. And people say the, it's the worst. The one that everyone says is the worst. I went back and looked at it again. And I'll let I'll let you know on the oh, next episode. Well, since I didn't have any have any uh, specific toys for these episodes. I you mean you didn't have a copy of the U.S. Constitution? Exactly. That whole thing. I used, to, <laughs> I used to have that recording. I should have played it for you. Um, I brought I brought you these. These are uh, Star Trek Ninja Turtles. Oh, my <laughs> I love crossovers for everything. Yeah, so which is, which one's that one? The blue one. This is this is Leonardo as Leonardo. Captain Kirk because he's oh. the leader of the turtles. Is is Leonardo? Oh, I guess Leonardo is the leader, huh? He is. This is Michelangelo as Scotty. Um, yeah, my man. <laughs> yeah. So there's Michelangelo as Scotty, and then there is. Uh, this was an interesting choice because, as we all know, uh, oh no, this works out. I thought it was Spock. Uh, Raphael as Bones McCoy. He's the medical mm -hmm. officer. Of course, they both have tempers. So yeah, okay. So that works out. And then, of course, Donatello would be Spock. Donatello would be Spock, obviously. He's, yeah, he's the science one. You can see even his hand is in the live long and prosper. <gasps> That's so cute. That one right there. There we go. <laughs> so I just wanted to show you my Star Trek Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can't, again, what don't you have? That's insane to me. All right. Well, season three. Oh boy. Season three coming up. Thank you guys so much for joining us for season two of Star Trek, the original series. And you know, next week we're going to keep going or no man's gone before, but a lot of people have gone before. Thanks everyone. <laughs>